welcome to In the Whisper podcast. Today, we are going to talk about Abigail, one of my favorite women in the Old Testament. And I have today as my guest, Tina McPherson. She is a teacher at Ben Logan Schools. We go to church together. Tina is so creative in all the things she does. She and her family do puppet shows and all kinds of fun things. And so I thought this would be a great time to to invite Tina to be on the podcast. Welcome. Good morning. Today we're talking about Abigail. And just to give you a little background, we are, Samuel has died. And so it, David is afraid. Saul is um, angry again. And they are hiding, running away from him. And they have found a field that is full of sheep, which is David's happy place, his comfort zone. It's what he knows better than anything else. And he and his men decide to help tend these sheep. Um, it's something he innately does. It's a good place to hide out. And so they are doing that without being asked. They're just tending to these sheep and keeping them where they need to be and keeping them safe. It's time to move on and they need some resources. So he sends one of his men to Nabal, who um, owns the sheep, and asks for some resources. Nabal, who is not a very nice man, <laughs> does not, doesn't think they need it and is not even very nice in how he says it. But one of Nabal's men goes to his wife, Abigail, who is um, Nabal's wife, and tells her, hey, this is what happened, and they were doing great things for us. And uh, do you want to read the passage about that introduces Nabal and Abigail? Sure. Um, we'll just start with that part. It says, a very rich man lived at Paran, and his name was Nabal. He came from the family of Caleb. His wife's name was Abigail. Nabal had some land near Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He was cutting the hair from his sheep at Carmel. <laughs> Abigail was a beautiful and clever woman. But Nabal was a cruel man who did not give anything to anybody. <laughs> Hence the new. <laughs> I love how it introduces Abigail as beautiful and, what, what was the word, Savvy? Clever. This one used clever, this clever. version I'm reading. From. And I've, I've read intelligent, um, knowledgeable, but I don't remember any other women being introduced in that way. Uh, maybe Esther. But, so we already know, before we even get into this story, that she's beautiful. So she must have been stunning. And that she's um, clever in how she handles things. Mm -hmm. So she knows right away. And you and I were talking beforehand about this, uh, that she knew he was a prophet. Yeah. Uh, some of the reading that I was doing about Abigail, you know, you've read the story uh -huh. a lot of times over your course of your life, uh, was that she must have grown up in a household that understood about God and had a relationship with God and knew the prophets and that wisdom in God that Samuel had anointed David mm -hmm. as the as the future king um, that I hadn't made that connection that 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 inte that intelligence and beauty and cleverness was really um, that relationship and knowing God yes and and um, you introduced me to that concept and I love it because um, I hadn't thought of that. I knew, and as we get into the story, we'll see where she even talks to David about that. But for her to, to know that, you're right. And I, I love that because so often we think of women in the Old Testament as 
as just cleaning the house and cooking the food, but she was so much more than that in this household and probably in the household that she came from before right. she married Mabel, right. which you introduced me to, and I, I love that. And that's what this Bible study has been about is strong women of the Bible and what we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And um, clearly she um, had a close relationship with God and knew things that other, even men didn't know. Right. And so that was that was new to me, and I just loved hearing that. So she she just rushes to put together, and this was amazing to me as well. Here's what she took. 200 loaves of bed, two skins of wine, five already dressed sheep, um, already made, already cooked and ready to go sheep, um, five sayas or 60 pounds of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisin, and 200 cakes of pressed figs. And uh, I could not, for the life of me, figure out how she could come up with this. But when you were reading that, you gave us a clue when you said they were cutting the, sh- the hairs of the sheep. Mm-hmm. So it's shearing season, which is a festival. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot that they're celebrating. So they were probably cooking all the time. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So she took, uh, but still, I don't care if it is there. That is a lot of stuff to put on a donkey <laughs> and get going in a quick amount of time. Mm-hmm. But this shows that um, part of her cleverness is she has the ability to do this quickly and the wherewithal to do that quickly. So she goes after, she sends out her servants first and she follows them. And she doesn't even hesitate. At least it didn't feel like it to me in the scripture. No, and one of the things that that stuck out is that you know, she had enough wisdom, knowing her husband. Uh, <laughs> different versions with that. Cruel was what mine said, but uh, I know there's um, harsh, uh, bear of a man, rude, brutal, drunken, stubborn. There's a lot that goes into mm-hmm. different translations with that. That she knew enough not to tell him what right. she was doing. She did it and went quickly and, you know, not knowing or maybe knowing the consequences of what would happen if he found out. Right. Uh, because he sort of, in the verses prior to that, when the servant had came and talked to um, Nabal, what David was asking, and he was sort of really saying that um, Saul was still in charge. He was just a servant and breaking away from his master. Right. Right. Uh, so you sort of got his side of who, uh, where he was at. Right. 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 And it, it, it was... Definitely contentious, and she didn't know what she was going into. And I also love that clearly she couldn't have done this by herself. So some of the servants had to support her in this, and they had to know that if they didn't, there was certain destruction coming, at least for the males of this whole um, farm. And the fear, you know, that fear didn't hold her back, too. Right. You know, that she had enough faith in God or perhaps, you know, seeing David's life, I mean, the stories that were, were probably told about him, because we hear the, the singing and the, you know, the stories that were sung about him yeah. um, from the different um, episodes with the war and stuff, the different battles that he was involved in. Right. So, oh, you know, right. knowing that, of how God had taken care of him all that time and knowing that he was the appointed, the anointed yes. uh, future king of, you know, of Israel, um, you know, that, that faith to not let the fear of her husband, right. who you knew was brutal, <laughs> um, but trusting that God was going to be with her, um, taking all these things to David and not knowing his reaction. Right. right. I mean, because you probably already figure he's mad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> and she 
followed the servants and didn't even, and I love how she just went right up to them, right up to them and said, uh, well, in starting in verse 24 mm -hmm. in my version, she was, again, she's on her knees with her face touching the ground, humble, that humble, uh, said to David, my master, be angry only with me. I am your servant. Please listen to what I say. Please do not think of that bad man, Nabal. His name means fool, and he is a fool. I, your servant, did not see the young men that you sent. Now the Lord has not let you punish your enemies, and he has not let you kill them. You have enemies, and many people want to hurt you. But they will receive their punishment in the same way that Nabal will. I know this will certainly happen. My master, please accept this gift that I have brought to you and for your men. I am your servant. I have done wrong things. Please forgive me. I know the Lord will always choose someone from your family to be king. The Lord will do that because you always fight on his behalf and you do not do anything in your life that is wrong. Wow. She takes it all on herself. Mm -hmm. She is willing to, you know what, if you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at me. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yep. It is a lot like what Christ did for us in our foolishness. That it he is. went and said, I'm, you know, I'm going to be the one to take all their foolishness away. It is exactly like that. And it's such a beautiful potential sacrifice mm -hmm. that she was willing to take for the sake of her community. Mm -hmm. And I I love that uh, that she's a woman doing this and I love the absolute humility mm -hmm. she does it with. Mm -hmm. That is uh, that's just beautiful that she um well and her your your version is completely different than mine and it it's just, it it yeah. touched me in a different way than what I had read. Right. And it's just wow. Right. At that, that just that selfishness and, and her, her love for, you know, her family and her servants and all that were in the household. You know, that, you know, that lack of hesitating that, you know, just going and that faith to share. You know, she didn't. Right. You know, she went, she humbled herself and laid it all out, took the blame for her husband's actions. Um, my version talks about um, the life of the Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God, but the lives of your enemies who will hurl away as from a pocket of a sling. And she's telling him here, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. You are the future king of Israel. I know that, and I believe that you will get there. Mm -hmm. And I have to think that was soothing to his soul when he is running from Saul and, and feeling all the, you know, I'm sure he was, what we know from his Psalms, he was anxious and often afraid. And to hear this woman say, I know you are going to, you are going to be the king of Israel. Right. And that just had to be, that had to do more maybe than anything else right. to make him say, oh, yeah, I had forgotten. Yeah. Because when she says in my version, verse 30, yeah. one day the Lord will do all the good things that he has promised to you. He will make you the ruler of the Israelites. 
When this happens, you will not feel sorry about anything. You have not killed good people, and you have not tried to punish people yourself. When the Lord has helped you to win all your fights, please remember me. And then his first words to Abigail are, in my version, I praise the Lord God of Israel. Mm -hmm. He sent you to meet me today. And then I pray the Lord will be good to you. I want him to be good to you because of what you did. You showed me the right thing to do. You've not let me punish or kill people today. The Lord has not let me hurt you. You came quickly to meet me. If you had not come, I certainly would have killed all of Nabal's men by the morning. Yes, yes. And it's interesting how she, she used that verbiage too, but you don't want bloodshed on your hands right? like this, and I'm giving you the opportunity to not. And right. he saw that right away. Right. So he had, you know, um, he was so impetuous and willful, but he also was reasonable. Mm-hmm. And he heard it right away, mm-hmm. and her verbiage was perfect for his ears. Yes. And it, it sort of reminds me that just that, that right person in the right place in the right time. And that, you know, he was still, you know, you can see that leaning on God. I mean, his relationship with God that he could tell right away, yeah. you know, that he praised God first. He knew, yes. I mean, his own personal uh, willfulness or, you know, our, our, our human nature of uh-huh. what he was mad and he was going to take care of them because they'd wronged him. Yes. And yet, you know, he still had that thing that God was taking care of it. Yes, and and brought it back to where it needed to be. My my version says, "Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today." So I I think you know, for all of his um, willfulness and and how tempestuous he was, he still always was able to bring it back to God. And Abigail helped him do that. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that she. I know you're the king of Israel, and I know that you don't want blood on your hands that you shouldn't have, yes. you know? Yes. And she, she just that's part of her cleverness and her right. um, intelligence to verbalize it that way. Right. I never in my life am that savvy. No, no. <laughs> never, yeah. never. And just, but just thinking to her and, and looking at that, how, you know, God puts you in places with right people in right time. Yes. And that, you know, the having that faith that Abigail had in God, that relationship that she had growing up in, you know, her household. Yes. That um, how important our words are to people and our actions mm-hmm. and that bigger picture. I mean, she saw, you know, the future, you know, that sometimes we're put in those same positions that, you know, are we going to use our wisdom and our knowledge and our relationship with God, that when exactly. we are in those situations that are tenuous and scary, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to rely on God right. uh, in our words and in our actions and not let that fear hold us back? I love that. And that is such a great lesson that, that we can all learn from her because you're right. She just immediately started acting and there had to be a trust there Yeah, for her to have to, to be able to do that. Where yeah. I would have said, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I can't do it. What just happened? Or, but she knew. She. You're right. She had that. Yeah. That close of a relationship. And when we were talking earlier, you talked about how the only other place you thought maybe that happened was with Esther. And I think you're right. That had that that closeness, that faith to, to be able to you know to do the impossible. Something right. that your life was on and that one to go before the king. Yes. Uh, your your life. Uh, um, you had to be invited. So, with that part. 
and to and just to, you know I've been going through the Bible and I'm to you know to Moses where again where God calls him and he says not me you know send somebody else right we're here she's the one Abigail's the one there was nobody else to send she was the one that had to be that peacemaker right that had to you know go before and say I'm sorry you know it's my fault except my and she didn't have time to say not me send somebody right. else it yeah. didn't even occur to her that's, no. yeah she just went yeah it was just an automatic response uh, I like her. The more we talk, the more I like her. So so David tells her to go in peace, that it's all going to be good. If you want to read that little, that part where he's get, where he is getting ready to leave. Yep. He's, um, he accepted Abigail's gift, mm-hmm. gift, and he said to her, go to your home and do not be afraid. I have listened to what you have said, and I will do what you have asked for. Want me to go on where she arrives home, or well, we'll talk about that, and then yeah. we'll 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 read a little bit. But um, so so David has gone on. He has what he needs to to go to. His, he has the resources that he needed, right. and she goes back, and she's going to be honest with her husband yes. because that's how godly she is. Yes. Even though she called him a fool, yes. she knows who he is, yes. and she's she's going to talk to him. But because it's a festival, he is not. Sober. No, he is not. <laughs> He's very drunk. And so she waits, but she's still, and I love this because I think I would say, you know what? I don't think I'm supposed to tell him. And she, yep. but she did. Yeah, she did. So she told him everything that yes, she had done. Yes. So I would imagine what she said, what she took. Yeah. That all uh, with that. That he did not want to share. Yeah. And he had to know who David was then. Maybe didn't yes. realize before, or maybe he did because he said, you know, when he talked about Saul right. being the king, maybe he did know who he was, but when he heard it from her, and maybe, who knows, maybe he was drunk when he heard that too. Right. Um, he, he got, he had a heart, I, I call it a heart attack, I don't right. know what it was. Right. Yep. It just says, heart, my version is heart failed and, be, and became like a stone, which. Yeah. And he died 10 days later. Yes. And this is the other I, you were saying earlier before we, we started the podcast how what a good wife she was. Mm-hmm. He was not a good husband, Mm-mm. but she continued mm-hmm. to be a good wife, which shows her godliness. Exactly, exactly. I mean, for some, you know, to, to stay in a real, you know, today in our terms, to stay in a relationship that's brutal. Yes. And, you know, somebody who doesn't want to share anything, you know, seems very selfish, you know, to, to keep with that, but to know that's where God had placed her, you yes. know, a lot of times yes. marriages were arranged at that time. They mm-hmm. really didn't, you know, have a say, but, but to know that that's where God wanted her at, you know, to be and to keep going back to that and to have right. the faith that, you know, she was still loved and, you know, yes. even in that environment, uh, to do that. It's yeah. She was, she was truly an amazing woman in that, but then, and if you had said it all, you know, that God's hand was all over this, you know, truly it was, um, it was divine. Because then he died 10 days later, mm-hmm. and somehow David heard about this, and right. he asked her to marry him. Yes. And do you want to read the part where he, she accepts that proposal? Sure. Which did not come from David. It came from a servant, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, David's servants went to Carmel, and they said to Abigail, David had sent us to you. We must take you to David so he can marry you. Abigail went on her knees, Mm -hmm. and her face touched the ground. She said, I am his servant. 
I will wash the feet of David's servants. Abigail quickly got onto a donkey and she went with David's men. And Abigail, there she took five young girls with her that were her servants, and Abigail became David's wife. Yes. And some of the commentary that I read talked about her being the perfect balance to David's willfulness and how impetuous he was. She was the humble, knowledgeable, clever um, wife Mm -hmm. that balanced him. And she was the one who knew, she knew she was going to become the wife of the future king. Right. And... She bowed down in humility and said, yes, I will do this, and I will even wash your servant's right. feet. Right. That's, that's as humble as you could get right. at that time. And another picture of Christ. Yes. That, that, you know, that servant, you know, coming as a servant, not yes. as a king. Yes, and how, how many women would do that? I mean, let's be honest. Right. We're human. Right. How many women would know he was going to be king so you're gonna be queen, right? Would would accept it in that way, right? Right. And and only take five servants of yes. her own, right? Amazing. Yes, very much so. So, another beautiful story of a woman, and um, I saved Abigail for last because I do like her so much. She and and people who have been listening to the podcast know I love the wise woman that came. Um, before her, I believe. Uh, nope, she would have come after after. because he was already king. Thank Mm -hmm. you. And, um, I think that they, their, their stories are so much alike. Uh, we don't know who the wise woman was, but she was very, she had to have a close relationship with God. She was respected by her community as Abigail was. Um, and I know you, you have to know that comes from her humility and her intelligence. And, you know, maybe part of her beauty was, charm and and loving kindness uh which shows in everything she does in this passage so one of the things i always ask is why would you pick abigail to be your friend what characteristics does she embody that you would say i would love to be friends with abigail well i think that i think her relationship with god yes and that that deep faith to tell you tactfully (laughs) probably the good things and the bad things you know I think she would be that one that you would go to for that advice uh, because she had that that wisdom and that ability to see that big picture because a lot of times when they're we're in the in the midst of things we can only see what's in front of us right and I think she would she seems like that has that character that could help you see the big picture that you know you're going through this one thing now right but look at what god has promised look at his promises and his blessings absolutely that i think she would be that one that friend to go to because of those qualities and and so eloquent tell you what you're doing wrong in a way that you don't even feel like exactly (laughs) the way that she speaks i i think i love that for me it was her boldness she didn't even hesitate. She would be that friend I'd cling on to and you know when you're going into something difficult because she God is by her side and while she might be afraid, she's not afraid to do it. Right. You know, the fear is there, but she boldly goes through the most difficult. I mean, she was looking at destruction. I mean, if he was in a mood, 
Yeah. She, he was only planning on killing the men, but when she put herself up there, he she doesn't know. Right. But she did know her God was with her. Exactly. And whatever the answer to this would be was his will. And I, I love I love that about her. And then the final thing I always ask is, what are you, and I know you're a teacher, so this this might, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with the Bible or anything, what are you reading right now that is changing your life? Um, well, I'm right now, I'm going through the Bible again, but this time, um, I just finished, uh, well, it was about a year and a half through the Bible, uh-huh. and listening to the message version, and uh-huh. just having the the... Uh, letting the words go through and just using my own mind to, you know, picture the stories that I've heard over uh-huh. and over and over again. And this year I'm going back and I've chosen an easy version uh-huh. on the Bible app because I guess at a certain age, you, as you get older, uh, that, <laughs> I feel you. <ya. laughs> that, that making it, you know, that our words, and I guess looking at Abigail and her life and her words, you know, our words should be easy. This, the, you know, God's message is easy, mm-hmm. but sometimes we make it more difficult and challenging. Absolutely. So I am, I'm going through the Bible again in a chronological order, but looking at an easy version that maybe something's going to stick out that you never know when we're going to be in the right place in the right time, that those words are going to Absolutely. be needed. So just a different way of, of the same story that's been around since the beginning of time and a different way to say it. And I love that you're listening to it. Because it opens up a whole new, like you said, as you read it, we've all read this, these passages over and over and over. So when you're hearing it and the pictures in your head, you probably do hear different things. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, Tina, I want to thank you. I know you're busy and you're getting ready to go back to school and things are changing every day. Very <laughs> much so. What that's going to look like. Yes. And I appreciate you taking time out of your really busy schedule to talk about Abigail with me. Well, thank you for... Um, for asking me to come. It was nice to be here today with you. It was fun. Thank you. Next week, we're going to be doing something new, and I'll be sharing that with you here soon on social media.